Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, and thank you for checking out the podcast. Coming up, Jerry Richardson, one of our producers here, the biggest Queen fan I know. We both saw Bohemian Rhapsody on the weekend. We will talk about it here on the podcast. Bob Irving will join me. We'll talk about the Bombers at the Riders on the weekend as the CFL playoffs get going. And Dave Patrician, the sports doctor, will be on the podcast. We'll talk about the game. And we are both big House of Cards fans, so we'll talk about that as well. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast. And now, the podcast. He will rock you. It's Hal Anderson. Yes, we're going to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. And the only guy I want to talk to about this is the biggest Queen fan that I know. You know him as Behind the Glass Jerry, Jerry Richardson. We used to produce the morning show here at CGOB is now downtown with our global people at the global building. And uh, I emailed Jerry on the weekend and he wasn't feeling well, but you made it to the movie, my friend. How could I not? I know. I mean, mean, really, I've been waiting for this movie for over 10 years. And finally it comes out, and I'm sick on the weekend it comes out. Oh, no. Well, I went, and we took in a matinee. It was very busy, hard to get a seat. I had a seat for several days. We went to the matinee on Saturday, and, you know, I'm not a big Queen guy. I mean, obviously I've played him over the years on yeah. the various shows that I've done, but what a great movie, eh? It was it was really good. I mean, they, they played with the timelines a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, you can understand that for telling a story. You, you need to condense things and put things all together. Mm. But, uh, yeah, the, the story itself, great story. And I thought it was filmed wonderfully. And you know what um, ended up being? I sort of at the time I thought, well, that's, that's unusual. But they almost had the entire Live Aid perform not the entire, but a lot of the Live Aid performance at the end of the movie. That's yeah. how it ended. And it was an unusual way, a risky way to end it, but it was so good. It was really good, but, you know, I, I wanted the entire thing. Mm. I wanted the whole performance. I mean, they showed, what, like 10 minutes of it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe even more of that mm-hmm. in the theater. Yeah. And I'm sure they must go through that trouble to get that whole set done up and then not film the entire set. I know so the I, answer to that question. It was filmed in its entirety, and apparently yeah. it's going to be part of the DVD. Well, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. As soon as that comes out, I want to see that whole thing, because that is, uh, I mean, so many people say that is the greatest rock performance of all time, yeah. and I have to agree, and I think they did a great job in recreating it. Rami Malek was just, uh, I mean, he nailed Freddie Mercury. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, it was amazing because, you know, the first couple of scenes where I'm watching, I'm going, oh, okay, it's Rami Malik with yeah. some weird looking teeth. But then after about the second or third scene, yeah, he was. He was yeah. Freddie Mercury. It was yeah. it was amazing. And, and what a great story. I mean, a lot of it I didn't know uh, because, as I said, I'm, I'm not a big Queen fan, but what a what a great story. And you're right, they did. They fudged a few things. Like, for example, uh, you know, the band got together and uh, Freddie knew that he had AIDS as they went to do the Live Aid uh, concert, the big, you know, end of the movie. Well, th- he actually was diagnosed a few years later. Um, yep. So there were things like that, but I, I, again, I'm I'm okay with that. I think it, in many ways, made the movie better, even though the story wasn't exactly told perfectly. Yeah, all all the stories were there; they were just kind of a little out of yeah. order. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I thought, well, what what a great week it would have been for him to find out that he has AIDS, to to find his uh, lifelong friendship with yep. uh, Jim Hutton, uh, to come out to his parents, and to perform Live Aid all in one week. Yeah, but what an incredible <laughs> talent, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think that what people aren't noticing is uh, there was uh, a third person. So they 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 had Rami Malek was doing some singing, not very much, as as I. I Learned watching that movie. Rami Malek didn't do that much singing here. Uh, they did a lot of Freddie Mercury recordings. And there was a guy named Mark Martell was the uh, voice impressionist that did most of the uh, uh, impromptu stuff of Freddie Mercury singing. And Mark Martell, I've been following him on Facebook for probably about six or seven months now. And he's an amazing vocalist. He actually has just released an album called uh, Thunderbolt and Lightning, hmm. uh, where he's doing covers of Queen songs, but his own little spin on it. So Mark Martell, I don't think gets enough credit for this movie at all. How many stars out of five, Jerry? Uh, I'm going to give this one uh, four. Yeah. Four I, stars. I, I was a four, a solid four. I even thought, boy, maybe even a, a four and a half. Yeah, I was going to go four and a half, but, you know, they, they skipped over so much. They they didn't give John Deacon enough credit in mm. this movie, I don't think. Uh, the, you know, the, when he joins the band, it's just, oh, he, here's our new bass player. And yeah. then he was just kind of like the guy in the background throughout most of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and he still was a, a lot more than that to the band. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, and still a great movie. And I'm really glad you were able to see it and we were able to talk about it. Thanks a lot, Jerry. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Hal. But right now, Mr. Bob Irving joins us on the phone. Hi, Bob. Hello, Hal. Thank you for doing this, man. I, I really appreciate it. So obviously you've got the coaches show tonight between 7 and 8, and then Christian O'Mill rolls in from 8 to 9 with the rest of the CJOB Sports Show. Um, I imagine uh, tonight is going to be a lot of looking ahead to the game in uh, Regina. Yeah, I don't think we'll spend a lot of time on what happened in Edmonton Saturday, Hal, although uh, there were a couple of highlights. Andrew Harris winning the rushing title. Uh, Chris Streveler having another... You know, game where he showed some flashes of future greatness, I guess you could say. And uh, the great kicking by Ryan Langford, who was subbing for Justin Medlock, I think caught everybody by surprise. But uh, the focus now and certainly the thought process of the football team is all about this Sunday in Regina. It's going to be a great game, man. It's going to be loud. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, every time there's a game in Regina, it's loud. And it's louder than ever when the Bombers are there. And for a playoff game, I don't know how much louder it can get. Uh, I, I expect they'll peak out at the highest decibel level they've ever had, Hal. Do you think this might be a better game than uh, the West Final when the Bombers play Calgary? I kind of was rooting for Calgary first and then Saskatchewan just because I think there's a bigger, uh, you know, a bigger rivalry with Regina. But, I mean, I guess you, you take it in the order you get it. We're in third place. We don't have a lot to say about that. But... Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I was sort of hoping for a West final between the Riders and Bombers. Well, that would have been a great storyline for sure. And uh, this is a good one, though, too, because if the Bombers can beat the Riders in this great interprovincial rivalry between these uh, these two teams, then they move on to really the, the highest mountain in the Canadian Football League, Hell, and that's the Calgary Stampeders, the team that's almost always in first place in the West, gets to the Grey Cup more often than not. And if you can knock them off, then in the final, that's the sort of the ultimate conquest, I think, until you get to the Grey Cup game. 
but uh, it's uh, it starts in Regina Sunday, and that's going to be no walk in the park, I can tell you that. Yeah, it's been kind of a weird year. We've talked about this before. There were certainly some stumbles along the way, and then there's been some great play. This is the kind of year, you know, we've had past years where we've said, oh, this is it. Even this year, before play began, we thought, this is it. You know, what a great team. We're, we're going to go to the cup, and the drought's going to come to an end. This might be a weird year where all the stars align, and that happens. Yeah, the Bombers lost two or three games this year, Hal, that were kind of inexplicable, or their record would have certainly been better than 10-8. and eight. I've said many times to you and to others that this is the best-looking Bomber team I've seen in about 14 or 15 years. I still hold to that. Uh, by finishing third, they've left themselves a, a great uh, challenge to get to the Grey Cup game, but... Uh, as you say, why not this year? Maybe this is the year where the third place team, third place team, does get there, and it's a rare occurrence. It hasn't happened very often. Uh, but you know, I look at some of the metrics between these teams. The Bombers have scored a hundred more points this season than, the, than Saskatchewan has. A hundred. Wow. Uh, they've given up fewer. They've given up uh, twenty-five fewer points than the Riders have, and everybody thinks the Rider defense is the best in the Canadian Football League. So some of the metrics really support the Blue Bombers, and I think that's why so many people uh, like their chances. Well, and I think we're pretty rested. I think we're we're pretty healthy. What's going on with Saskatchewan at quarterback? Well, I'm not sure. They're uh, being very closed-mouthed and secretive about that. They did sign a, a veteran quarterback on the weekend, Drew Tate, I think, which caught us all by surprise. That would be an insurance against issues with Zach Kolaris, who was in concussion protocol after their last game some 10 days ago, Hal. Uh, I I hear from Regina that they're counting on him being able to play this weekend, but if he can't, then Brandon Bridge would start. And uh, I don't even know if they'd activate Tate. I can't imagine that. I guess maybe as a number three kind of emergency guy, but they're covering their bases if they keep winning and and they do need another quarterback if something happens to Kolaris. But Reed Kolaris for this weekend, my uh, sense would be that that he's going to play, and until we are here otherwise, that's the way I'm looking at it. And what's this matchup look like, Bob? What kind of a game can we expect? Well, the Riders have, uh, the defense is their strength. I mean, that's what makes them tick, Uh, you know, and they just hope that their offense can kind of not do anything really damaging to them. That's the way they've played a lot of their games this year. The Bombers are balanced everywhere. I think the one area where Saskatchewan as an edges and special teams, their return game is far superior to Winnipeg's. And, and that might change this weekend if the Bombers play Charles Nelson, the, the rookie who made his debut in Edmonton, and really good returning kicks. Uh, so I think, you know, I look for a low-scoring game. I, you know, it's going to be cold. The forecast high for Regina Sunday's minus five, which isn't bad for this time of year. Don't get me wrong. I think if we get a minus five on Sunday, that'll be about as good as you could expect for the middle of November. But uh, I expect it'll be somewhat low scoring and uh, and very close. I mean, if it's hey, the last time these teams played, the Bombers won thirty-one nothing. Hard to imagine anything like that. Yeah, and it's been a long time too. I was surprised to hear on the start this morning you saying that it's been a long time since there's been a playoff game in Regina involving these two teams. Nineteen seventy-five, and it's funny how I can remember it. Dieter Brock was the Bomber quarterback. I wow. was doing the games then, and uh, Dieter was getting—he was getting crushed by the Saskatchewan defense. <laughs> the Riders won. I think it was forty-eight twenty-four. Ronnie Lancaster was still playing quarterback for Sask. Oh my goodness! Man, that's a long time ago. Yes, that's the last time these teams played a playoff game 
in Regina, which is kind of hard to imagine. Now, you do have to keep in mind that the Bombers were in the East Division for many years since that time. And because of that, there there wasn't a chance for them to play in the playoffs. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. I'll say this, and it's another number that means nothing to this Bomber team, but the Riders have beaten the Bombers seven times in a row in the playoffs. The last time Winnipeg beat Saskatchewan was 1965 in a in a playoff game. So would you say they're overdue, Hal? Yes, a little bit, I think, yeah. Hey, let me ask you one more uh, question, and this is a good problem to have. Strevler did look great on the weekend again. And yeah. um, I, when others were crying for, you know, uh, to run Matt out of town, you were saying he's our best chance to win, and I was agreeing with you. I like Matt Nichols, great quarterback. But we do have a great problem in that we've got now two great quarterbacks. How do you see that maybe playing out, Bob? Like, obviously, the Bombers want to hang on to this guy. But if he keeps showing how good he is, there's going to be interest from others. I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, it's exactly as you say it. Um, I don't know how long they can keep him around here if he's not going to get a chance to play. Now, he's under contract again for next year. Yeah. Uh, and Matt Nichols is as well, so I think we'll we'll see the same one-two alignment. But then beyond that, if Nichols is still the firmly entrenched number one here, and I would expect him to be, yeah. then my guess is Chris Trevler will want to he'll want to look elsewhere. And why wouldn't he? You know, I, I go back a few years ago. Zach Kolaris was the backup to Ricky Ray. Trevor Harris was a backup in Toronto, and they both moved on because they wanted to play, and they weren't going to play because the number one player there was so firmly established. So yeah. there's every chance that could happen here, but who knows how things will unfold. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know for sure. Good problem to have, though. It's been a long oh, yeah. time since we've had a couple of good quarterbacks like this. Yeah, and you'll um, you'll see Strebler on Sunday in Regina. He'll have his usual package in there, Hal, to do some things to – take off and run and just kind of mix things up. But we haven't seen the last of him this year, I don't think. Yeah. How was your trip home uh, on the weekend? Was it nice to see Regina? Um, nice to see <laughs> Regina. We were in Edmonton. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, what am I thinking? Geez, I, that's the game coming up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Trying to be no, smart okay. here, and I can't, I can't even get my information right. What an idiot. My trip home was great, and I'll tell you why. When I got off the plane, the flight attendant said to me, is this home for you? I said, yeah, it is. He says, it's always great to be home, isn't it? Yeah. And I looked at him and I said, yes, is it ever? It is, yeah. I will yeah. bug you about being from Regina after the next game. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Thanks a lot, Fair pal. I, okay, I really Al. appreciate it. We'll be listening tonight. All right, Al. Thanks. We're going to talk to Dave Patrician now, the sports doctor. You're saying, Hal, why is the theme from House of Cards playing? Well, because Dave is a big House of Cards fan. So am I. Uh, Dave, but before we talk about House of Cards, and we have to talk about it uh, knowing that a lot of people have not binged it as you and I did on the weekend, okay? So we'll we'll talk about it in general terms. I, I think we can do that without uh, revealing any spoilers. Would you agree? I agree. We could talk in code. <laughs> yes, we will talk in code, yes. Uh, but first of all, i got to ask you, I had Bob on uh, half an hour ago. We were talking about the bombers in Regina. Are you going, by the way? You know, I am not going. Um, uh, I'm actually in Saskatoon right now, oh. where it is. Uh, where it's it's fully winter now. It's it's winter in Saskatchewan. I just oh been, boy! I know. I I, I heard the um, I heard uh, Tristan Phil Jones's uh, weather forecast, and I know winter is coming. But uh, yeah, no, I, I this is the one. But I'm not going to rule out the week after that, like the, because you know, because 
Saskatchewan is a place that's a great place to visit, but it's not a great place to watch a football game if you're a Blue Bomber fan. <laughs> yeah. Calgary, you could Calgary, you could hide a little bit. So I'm counting my um, my chickens before they hatch. That's for sure. But it's going to be one tremendous football game, though. I, I think so too. And uh, and as I said to Bob, and I'd be curious to hear what you think. I said to Bob, this might be a weird year where the Bombers find themselves in the Great Cup. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. We've seen victories in the last few weeks, uh, convincing victories over both both the um, Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Calgary Stampeders. Yep. Uh, Calgary, or sorry, Saskatchewan, kind of now with the signing of uh, Drew Tate, that they're, they're kind of it's basically uh, telegraphing that Zach Kolaris is not going to be available and they need someone. Right. Uh, so they're going to dust off old Drew Tate. Um, you know, Calgary did rise to the occasion. On, uh, on Saturday night, beating the BC Lions. So there is a little bit of gas in the tank there. However, uh, you know, crazier things have happened. You know, everybody can remember how Calgary with an 8-10 and 10 record beat the Blue Bombers back in 2000-2001 in Montreal. Yeah, so right. it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? We peaked at a really good time. Like, people are talking about Saturday's game. And, uh, you know, you, you go online and the social media and things like that, people criticizing the Bombers. But, like, there's, there's guys on the team that are catching balls I didn't even hear of. I didn't even know played on the team. <laughs> you know? And I'm a fan. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm close to it. Like, and, uh, and, and so, so, I mean, they, they, they really got a good workout. There. You, see, you see that. You see that Andrew Harris captured the rushing title. Then he was out of the game. Nobody got injured. Everybody stayed healthy. And that was the main goal of Saturday's game in Edmonton. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I really do think they're going to beat Saskatchewan. Calgary's going to be a tough order, but I like that we just beat them. So I, I really think in a couple of weeks we could be going, man, the Bombers are in the Great Cup. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because you remember in 1984, we ended our Great Cup drought. We hadn't won since the 60s. We won it in a little place called Edmonton at uh, Commonwealth Stadium. So yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. in 2018 this could be another, another um, repeat of 1984 and end our miserable Grey Cup drought. We shall see. Uh, all right, the House of Cards. And and don't, uh, if you haven't watched them all yet, uh, don't uh, do anything. Don't turn the radio down or go to another, heaven forbid, don't go to another channel. Um, nope. Because uh, we're going to talk kind of in code here. We're going to comment on it without uh, uh, revealing any spoilers here. Um, now, did you watch all of them, Bob, uh, uh, Dave? No, I did not watch all of them. But oh. I, it, it, it took me the first one to get into it, uh, and uh, but then I really thought the way they they've dealt with uh, you know obviously Kevin Spacey's character has been yep. written out. Right. Uh, I was kind of confused at the beginning how they were going with that, and then it got better and better and yeah. better. And uh, and it seems to be um, mostly new characters introduced. There's a few holdouts and things like that. Like yep. A few ones that I've seen, but this is very very entertaining stuff and. And uh, again, if you've watched the whole thing, you're going to be more knowledgeable than me. But this is something that I really believe because, you know, like I said, the first one, I kind of like, okay, you know, big Kevin Spacey fan. I'm not going to lie to you. That was the reason I watched the show. Right. Just because he's a creep doesn't mean we don't like his acting, right? Exactly. And everybody, you know, so, so anyways, yeah, he was playing the character, the character I like, Mm. not the man playing the character, the character I like. Right. So, so then I I realized, what what are they going to do with this? And I like it. I really like it. And I think that, that there's enough of, um, of uh, the um, the Robin Penn's character or whatever she's going by now, yeah. her character in this one that is just really reminiscent of all those other seasons that yeah. you've watched and why you liked House of Cards. Yeah. Because, you know, remember in every season of House of Cards, it always took a few episodes to get rolling. 
Mm. Like you, you kind of like, I don't know if this is going to be as good as last year. And it yeah. always was, right? It's yeah. always better, so. Here's my, here's my take. And I started watching, I got out of here at like four Oh five on Friday, started watching Friday. And I finished up the last of the eight episodes last night at about midnight. <laughs> so I'm, I'm done. Um, it's a little busy. There's a lot of storylines going on. And I was sort of thinking, okay, they're going to really focus in wrapping things up. They, yep. they had a lot of stuff going on that wasn't really relevant to wrapping up the series, a lot of new storylines. So I, I, it was a little confusing at points. I had to back it up and watch a few things over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I did miss Kevin. Yeah, uh, he, he was really missed. I thought that uh, the character Claire was more yeah. badass than normal, but uh, she was really good. But you know when he would turn and look in the camera and talk to us? Yeah. She didn't do that very well. No, not, it's not as – there's. yeah, you're right. There's something that – He was really that, good at that. But when yeah. she did it, I was like, oh, oh, you're talking to me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. You weren't sure. And, and, and one of the ones, I think it was episode three, that one of the characters remained in the background. And it was like he was frozen, but yet he really wasn't because he was kind of moving, right? Because you could see that. Yeah. But I, yeah, you're right. There's something about when, when, when President Francis, when he looked at you, it was like he was telling you something. He that was talking to me. He was talking to me. Yeah. And you really believed that, yeah. you know, what was what he was saying. And her, maybe because we're just not used to her. Maybe we're not used yeah. to her explanation. In that right role. Now. Yeah, in that role. Yeah. And the only other thing I'll say is that I saw the end last night at about midnight and I was somewhat disappointed. After Uh-oh. six seasons, I just wanted it to be a bigger ending than what it was. I'm not, I'm not terribly disappointed, but I, I wanted it to be a bit more. I want to tell you something. I, I, during the hiatus from House of Cards, I started watching on Netflix Scandal, the, pro, the, pro, the program with Kerry Washington. Great show, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I was getting confused in, in watching House of Cards <laughs> because they're really the same kind of a show. Kind right? of, yeah. Only, yeah. only Kerry Washington's the focal character, not the president of the United yeah. States. Yeah. But I tell you, I guess, who's that guy? Where's this other guy? Where's this character? <laughs> I'm no, almost, who, who, I'm who? almost out of time. But I'll tell you, uh, my wife has a theory, and I tend to agree with it. We kind of lost interest. In, we followed through and watched all the House of Cards, but we kind of lost interest when the real White House got even crazier than House of Cards. Oh, yeah, You know what I mean? Good. It was like we watched that show to see the crazy, and oh, my gosh, can you believe this could happen? And then the real White House with Donald Trump got almost a little nuttier than House of Cards. Yeah, the global news broadcast uh, starting tomorrow. Yeah. Gonna be lots of fun at 6 o'clock. That's <laughs> right, yeah. Anyhow, pal, I got to run, but thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks. There he goes, the sports doctor, at the sports doctor on Twitter, Dave Patrician. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.